Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I don't know if you necessarily coach differently, but I think you should be prepared coaches, female coaches and male coaches, whether you know if they're coaching women's rugby, to factor time in to explain things. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff, and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. Welcome to The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root of the matter. In this episode, we speak to Catherine Spencer, author, speaker, and former England women's rugby captain. Focusing on coaching women's and girls' rugby, we're going to cut to the root on what men need to know about coaching women. Catherine, are you ready for the knife? Oh, yeah. I don't know yet. Ask me that question at the end. <laughs> okay. Well, that might be too late by then. It might be too late. Okay. So, coaching rugby, coaching rugby is just to say, no matter your gender. Is that the right thing to say? I think it's the right thing to say. Is it the correct thing to say? Are they different, right and correct? Essentially, yeah. We play the same sport. We play the same game. One of the absolute best things about it, you know, when they say, oh, if you've got different rules, you're women. If you've got different, no, it's the same game. So, what would be interesting to me, if we're using the same rules, there's an argument that uh, women's rugby should use a size four and a half ball where do you stand on that i absolutely completely 100 say we should be using size five balls definitely not smaller balls i i just kind of it's another point of difference isn't it and actually like i don't know how people can say that having just watched you know the most recent world cup or you know the women's premiership you know like the, the skill level is is fantastic it's getting better all the time and i just it's such okay a so i can see i can see that skill level improving definitely there's no yeah. doubt about it and but is that just at the top of the game how about uh down at the grassroots where one of the the challenges is to get players who've not played much rugby before that's often the the profile of girls coming into rugby uh to catch and pass where that can be a difficulty how, yeah. how do you work with that yeah it can be but there's also you know in the men's game there's some there's some rugby games i've watched where i've seen some pretty dodgy catching and passing and um, you know so there could be a case to say well maybe they need a smaller ball you know, like that, that's why we have levels in rugby, you know, like we're not going to have the same standard, you know, the local, you know, local merit league 10 as we are, you know, the Women's World Cup, you know, something to aspire to, you know, and there's different performance goals, isn't there? I don't think that's an argument to change the shape, you know, change the size ball, you know, it's in the men's game as well, isn't it? Or, you know, well, actually... They're not as fit as, you know, the international. Let's have a smaller pitch, which I would be in favour if it was really, really small, just, you know, just move it the whole time. But, you know, like, I just think just keep, you know, keep it the same. Keep it the same. So if we're going to keep it the same um, and we're going to coach the same. We are going to coach the same. However, and I don't know, is this a generalisation? I don't think it is. I've definitely seen this coaching girls at a younger age group. And I think some male coaches who coach women would agree that I think women ask more questions in coaching. So I don't know if you necessarily coach differently, but I think you should be prepared coaches, female coaches and male coaches, whether, you know, if they're coaching women's rugby to factor time in to explain things. 
maybe more because I have well, noticed before before you start I mean before you start the session before you start your activity or um you, you need to explain more about what's going on I think so maybe like we want to understand the bigger picture you know why are we doing that why comes up a lot I think you know what's the reason for that but you know if we're doing that why you know why why should we do that if we if we're you know if you're coaching us like the rock over here and our body position over here how does that affect some of the other side of the pitch you know wanting to understand the bigger picture more I think I think that is right you know and I think you know a number of coaches I've spoken to coaching the women's game have said it's been good for their coaching and it's more of a challenge because they are questioned more and I think that's a great thing I think that's a good thing but I don't you know I don't think the game itself should not be coached differently you know the, you know the technique the skill is the same isn't it it's all the same everything we do should be coached the same I think maybe those should be yeah factor time in for you know explaining what's the why how what is the context right so definitely the in terms of the technical tactical it should be pretty much the same obviously you think that one of the key points you said there are different levels if you're taking an international team you'll be doing different things to if you're taking a grassroots team it's the same with men's rugby as it is for women's rugby so you've obviously been coached by men coaches before at what stage is that some of them and obviously we're not going to uh, mention any names have you thought oh that that's not quite, they could have done that better if they thought a bit better about their audience um i've mainly been coached by men i've i've you know only a scattering of female coaches and actually the first time i saw a female coach i was like oh no it's a woman coach <laughs> which is crazy <laughs> isn't it? years ago years ago and then my my thinking completely changed because that coach was just Mather and one of like summer camp that went which yeah. was absolutely excellent some of the best coaching I've experienced in um, Giselle um I don't know I know I've goodness me I'm quite I'm quite a critical person I think okay. so I've you know I've possibly seen that a lot throughout my career no I'm not at England level I don't think you know I've always had you know my coaches I've had at England like I, I was on board with you know with their coaching generally um sometimes Graham Smith had us you know on a some kind of tackle sausage in a weird position which I was sort of slightly kind of terrified of but you know there was, was a reason there was a reason you know there's probably coaches maybe you know lower down levels where I've thought you know sometimes actually trying to coach some techniques at club te- club teams and it has been that not really explaining it but you know I've seen sort of players stand in there you know not not knowing what the purpose is you know coaches come because they know about rugby they're they're experts at rugby and when we're coaching people as you said previously rightly so in the women's game quite often we're getting adult women who've never played before and so we're coaching these games and these you're not allowed to say drills anymore are we you know like you can say drills or whatever you know small aspects of the game we're coming from a point of view that we know what the wider game is they don't sometimes haven't watched rugby and so I think sometimes we forget that or some people have forgotten that that we're coaching they have no idea what they're doing and how it fits into the wider game you know haven't got that same kind of history of like growing up watching the game um like you know some people have so i think that's where some coaches may have fallen down so um so a, a male coach coming in to work with women as they've never worked with before and generally because they're of their experience obviously at international level it's different but uh we're looking at grassroots they don't have that mm-hmm. background so how would they where would they start i mean because obviously they can't spend the whole session explaining the game they want <laughs> the players to be getting on with it where, where would they start what would they do to make the girls feel or the women feel more involved and more engaged in what's going on i think a big part for women and having coached and i've been involved in a number of teams that have, you know started from sort of scratch actually is we've had experience from never some women who've never played before the thing that i was started with is actually get them on the get them on the ground get them like into some con some kind of contact because that is how rugby is different from any sport any other sport you know some other great sports so you say you get them on the ground uh, you know actually you know like get them into some kind of contact situation 
is what I mean, you know, right. and um, then well, I just it's, I'm interested, I only I said that because I'm interested that you said that because the falling over, yeah, it's quite a big thing, right? Yeah, I find. yeah. So actually, one of the things I did with my new teams is, you know, we ha- we kind of were doing that tackle technique, that kind of actually being tackled. Um, right at the beginning, we've like grown adults, grown women, which we're more probably familiar with seeing with like, you know, under nines when they first start going to some form of contact, isn't there? So actually women, like, they've probably never done that before in their life. You know, never like been hit to the ground or fallen onto the ground. And it's, you know, it's a confidence thing with women as well, actually. If they see someone else doing it, oh yeah, I can do that. I can do that as well, you know. And then it might be actually got the ball. We're going to run into a pad or something. Thing, that might be the first thing like hitting someone you know someone like me you know when because i'm old you know tag rugby didn't exist you know i grew up playing mini rugby and running into people as in you know it's just what i did you know but for some women they've they've never ever done that they've never like run into someone so actually initially i would kind of this is the point of difference this is the different thing about rugby i wouldn't tread carefully i wouldn't start with touch rugby or tag rugby i would go on to, you know when you're starting to learn like the wider game but i think you know if you're if you're that grassroots level and you're kind of attracting sort of women that have not played much before if at all I I would start with that that's that's the thing that's really different so yeah doing that kind of actually how do we fall to the ground how do we go to the ground and and be okay with it you know and then how do we run into someone how do we hit someone because as much as people say rugby is a game of space rugby is a game you know it kind of is but it is actually also yeah. a contact game yeah it's evasion and invasion because you have to remember that 15 players are trying to invade your space as much as you're trying yeah. to avoid them so uh, you, you you've had experience of starting up these these teams what 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 would you say is the key things that you've done i mean obviously you've, you've got them doing some contact how have you prepared them for that because they're going to arrive and they're going to go, ah, oh, here I'm at rugby. And the next thing you know, you've got um, you've got them bashing into each other. What, what are you going to do to give them that sort of confidence? This is going to be a good thing. Yeah, I'll make it fun, put it into kind of game related stuff, you know, or like have a, you know, have a circle. Like you've got two people, you've got to try and get out of that circle. So there's some kind of, there's some kind of purpose, you know, and actually the contact bit might not be the direct thing. They might not be in the forefront in the mind and they realise they're focusing on getting out of that circle, but actually get out of the circle they've had to like barge through like you know five or six people so you know these like these small small games that are kind of fun in the moment completely different to anything they've ever done and they've realized they've been you know they've been taken on that kind of body so one of the things that i am um, coaches um coaches have said they, they didn't know that the girls would scream so yeah <laughs> right first of all it does happen secondly yeah. it's okay it's okay it's fine you know like noise is good <laughs> i have yeah i have it yeah, i have experienced that you know um i'm sure there's some strange noises that yeah. Thing. but yeah it does happen and you know if it's like the first thing and it's just kind of this kind of um oh i don't know how would we describe it but you know like this weird thing that's happening you know like it's very different isn't it very different kind of normal life i haven't seen it i haven't watched it you know and like yeah there are sound effects that's okay yes yeah, so it's, it's a sort of like a screaming or giggling or sort of yeah. like don't get in where it's you obviously men players i mean we're generalizing a lot here but they, they don't want to show uh that sort of weakness whereas that's not yeah. necessarily showing weakness that's showing i'm shocked that this is happening but actually i'm quite enjoying sometimes it. women and this is a generalization as well but i think there is foundation there is foundation it you say like men maybe don't want to show weakness sometimes women don't want to show strength 
because they're embarrassed to do that and and so that's kind of it's, it's, it's a bit of an opposite I think so they don't they don't want to start with they're not going to like you know really try and knock that person over until you kind of coax them into it and say this is what it, you know it's kind of what it's about they don't want to show that strength they don't want to show that um we're using sort of gender terms that kind of like more masculine side yeah, okay so uh just to, to take that a step further then another thing that uh, men coaches can struggle with or understand is um how competitive women are and yeah. they don't always necessarily want to show it because it's not it's not again one of these things which is a trait which is seen to be uh, the right thing to show so again how do you how do you deal with that how do you get that sort of right level to make it fun and make it acceptable and everybody feels involved yeah i mean i think it's like coaching and like you know sort of into other industries or other organizations where you're working with people I think one of the biggest things is getting to know the people that you're working with and you hear it a lot isn't it building relationships but I think it's so important so actually if you find out about someone you know what kind of what what is their drive you know what you know I say oh I'm very competitive but you know I must be I must be I played sport internationally you know like I've done various things you know I must be competitive there must be something that I want to do and it might be my competition might be actually I want to do the best that I can do to help someone else you know that might be okay so actually don't don't worry don't do it for yourself but you're helping that person out and then they might be more willing to show some you know show a different side of them so sometimes you'd like you might uh, set up a game and it's like an 8v8 game and um you want them to be competitive but they don't seem to be competitive what 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 sort of uh, levers do you need to pull to just change that because they are because everyone's competitive you don't come to sport not being competitive it's just trying to give people that permission to be competitive what what sort of things do you think you need to to say or do without sounding patronizing or generalizing and all the things that i'm doing at the moment um well i'll buy a drink in the bar for everyone that wins <laughs> like, <laughs> like, i don't know you know it's so it's so difficult isn't it you know like, i think it's just building up safe, okay, right. you know and like i don't know i i found some of the best moments when i was you know when i was playing and i was with different teams some club teams and actually we do like a bit of fitness or something at the end of the session and we were like you know we've got to do how many like, shuttles horrific mm. old school and break i don't know um you know but like we're going to do this together and we're going to we're going to get that last person over and that that i think is where people are sort of competitive spirit did come out that we've got to do this as a team we're going to get that person over you know i kind of i think that you know that's the essence of rugby isn't it yeah so you're gonna you're gonna help um help groups i mean this is i mean this is uh, also good for coaching in general i think um, i can't remember if you said it before before we started the meeting or not is that uh, coaching going to coach women's rugby is really good for any coach because they have to go take a few steps back they can't make those assumptions yeah so i think you're saying is that we get uh we spend a little bit more time helping them understand that they're doing something together rather yeah. than for them yeah. doing it for themselves yeah but you know there's different personalities everywhere isn't it if you have like you know i mean 30 they may you got 20 20 people people on a pitch you know or 20 people in a you know in a office or 20 people you know on a factory floor everyone is going to be different isn't it we've got you know regardless of their gender you know there's some men who are not competitive <laughs> you know like how you know they might have a different driver so like you know I kind of think you know we do talk in generalizations and I do too we've done <laughs> we've done that here but you know there will be some women that you do not have to encourage at all because they have to come first and I met those you know they have to be first everything you know absolutely everything they do and I met those women in rugby and I met those women in business you know there are some women who are more relaxed you know but there's some there are some women whose competition is is hidden a little bit and they and they don't want to show it because they don't want to be seen to be showing up and and that's where actually something like rugby or sport can kind of lift the cloak lift the veil and you can kind of see that blossom a little bit you know and then that person becomes their last person coming in because they're doing an extra shuttle or they're you know like it but that takes time doesn't it that you know it's linked to comp 
confidence, of, you know, huge amount of confidence. But it's, it's no easy answer, isn't it? It's no, oh, you do this, you do that, because everyone's different. And that, you know, maybe that's sitting on the fence, maybe it is. But, you know, <laughs> if you're coaching, you have to know your team, don't you? But, you know, you have those special coaches, don't you? So, like, you know, Gary Street, me and a few favourites, came down when I was coaching Aylesford when we, before Harlequin's days. We were that village club. You know, we, we managed to get in the Premiership. Most of those women playing for that team lived in the local area, in the local village club in Kent. You know, you know David and Goliath, you know, like, punching above our weight massively. You know, but Gary Street comes down. He's never not met many of the women you know he, he hadn't built up that relationship at all with them but just this kind of just has this spark you know people are transfixed by him you know he's got this bit of humor and he? he's got this bit of humor that kind of really kind of helps with the players and you know it's those it's those coaches that you want to play well for you know I used to go out on a pitch and I you know I wanted to play you know I want to play well for my teammates of course mm. I wanted to win but I wanted to do that for my coaches as well you know if I'd had a bad game I've like, let my let my coaches down you know wanting to play well for your coaches I think is one of the important things and again that comes down to that sort of relationship building doesn't it it's uh, how often does it come down to get to know your players if you care about your players it it makes a massive difference right so we're going to finish on that so uh, Catherine retired from international rugby in 2011 63 caps 18 tries winning six six nations three of them as captain she's written the award-winning book which I've read and it's excellent very moving Mud Mall Mascara no ands in there I keep trying to throw one in she's patron of the tag rugby trust CEO and founder of Inspiring Women and current teaching sociology in RE secondary school in Kent. You can contact her on Catherine at inspiringwomen.co.uk and she's on Twitter, CathSpence8. That's the number eight. So we're going to finish with some quick fire questions. The first one is How old are you? Um, how old am I? Um, exactly the same age as my twin brother, also exactly the same age as Johnny Wilkinson, which she had the date of birth. So find out how old Johnny Wilkinson is. I am the um, either the right side or wrong side of 40, depending on how you view life. Right, okay. Uh, what coaching book is by your bedside apart from your own? Apart from my own, which, you know, actually is why I just started reading it again. It's quite good. I wrote it quite a long time ago. I read it. It's quite cool. Um, I have a couple of books by my bedside, actually. One is called How the World Thinks. So we're talking about, you know, like relationships and, and understanding how other people think. It's, it's a philosophy book. Someone recommended it to me recently on holiday. Um, I've sort of started it, but, you know, I'm a, a teacher and a mum and various things. I love reading. I love books, proper books. I like paper. Um, so How the World Thinks, that's one of them. Another book I have read, which I think in, um, I don't know, it's, it's a regular podcast, but the current kind of political climate, it's called The Boy at the Back of the Class. And, you know, for teachers and maybe, you know, coaches, and, and it's about um, a little boy who's a refugee from Syria and um, in the primary school and how, you know, how kids react to him. And um, yeah, I think there's a lot of lessons for a lot of us in there. But yeah, so maybe not, maybe not coaching, but it's about people well, it's just and really being empathetic and, you know, understanding people, you know, an unempathetic not. Well, isn't, I mean, once we taught already, it's uh, if you know, people or make an effort to know them you get a lot further so which coach or teacher are you loving at the moment oh at the moment i uh oh goodness me i uh, i do want to give that a shout out actually to graham smith who is one of my out in Bonian now kind of like uh, flies under the radar a little bit doesn't get enough credit absolutely excellent coach and is still still out there coaching doing absolutely amazing things for some um, but I, I have got a bit of an eye on um, a lot of people I know but on uh, Borth on Steve Borthwick we were um, he was in when I was and uh, absolute top guy so I'm kind of I want to I'm keeping an eye on him I, ho- I hope he gets you know regardless what happens at this World Cup I hope he gets time to do exactly what we said you know build that knowledge build that relationship build you know build his team and um, so yeah I've got a bit of a bit of an eye on him and how he's, how he's done it you know, as do many people. Yeah, exactly. You've got some, there's some vested interest there as well. Which team, sport, subject would you love to coach at the moment? Oh, um, 
Goodness me. Oh, do you know what I mean? Well, I do teach. <laughs> teach uh, RA and sociology. We get about people, isn't it? And how different people think and believe. If I was going to go back into sport, oh, goodness me. Well, I love rugby. You know, my daughter's four and uh, she knows I played rugby. And sometimes we watch it and she looks at the numbers and uh, she talks about rugby. I said, do you know what? Maybe your play. So um, I wouldn't mind maybe coaching some mini rugby oh, in a couple right. of years' time. <laughs> Which, oh, sorry, who's inspired you most? A name I'll give you is Sophie Hemming, ex, yeah, Bristol, ex-England prop. She was a full-time vet when we were playing internationally. Um, and we were training partners, both lived in Bristol. So, um, she was absolutely incredible. Her, like, I mean, I was very good at resting. She was very good at training. We were quite a good combination. <laughs> um, sometimes she needed more rest. Sometimes I needed to train more. But she was so inspiring how she kind of managed her life to kind of, you know, be a full-time England player, effectively. A full-time vet, you know, like, it, Absolutely. She really, she inspired me every day. Like she, you know, she got me out, not literally, but you no, know, got me out in the bed in the morning to go and go and get our training done at Bath Uni, you know, whatever time in the morning. So she could get off and save some animals and I could get off and go and work in an office and leisure centre. Um, but, you know, she, yeah, hugely inspiring. And, you know, I, a lot of people say it, but it's true. People in my family, say, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, my life wouldn't have been what it was without them. I wouldn't play rugby without a family. So definitely am as well. Although it's a bit cheesy, but it's true. Well, it, it was just what is, is what's true, isn't it? Um, and what would you tell your 20-year-old self to do more of? Sounds like uh, rest less and train more, but you might tell me something different. I wouldn't tell myself anything. Oh. I wouldn't because, um, you know, it's, it's finding out, isn't it? Finding out what you're doing. It's kind of, I, 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 even if I did, I wouldn't listen to myself. I don't like being told what to do. So <laughs> and you say you're not competitive. <laughs> <laughs> no, clearly I am. admit that you're competitive. That's what I would tell my 20-year-old self. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Do you know what? Things turned out fairly well, um, apart from not winning a World Cup. Anything I said to my 20-year-old self might not have uh, made any difference to that. Enjoy the present, I guess. Enjoy life. Don't look back. <laughs> Catherine's been brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. That has been really enjoyable. Thank you.